Hello, and welcome to the Law Firm Intelligence Podcast, where we bring you real intelligence from real law firms. I'm your host, Lindsay Griffiths, Executive Director of the International Lawyers Network, and my guest today is Michael Slan, who is the Managing Partner of Fogler Rubinoff in Toronto, Canada. Michael, welcome. Thank you, Lindsay. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, we're really excited to have you. So first, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, your firm and uh, what your quarantine situation is and how the firm is working at the moment. So our firm is a a commercial law firm of 115 lawyers, altogether a total staff count of about 270 people, uh, located in Toronto with a small satellite office in Ottawa, Ontario. Uh, We're a full-service commercial firm uh, that does mostly work with uh, institutions and companies. Our personal practice is probably limited to wills and estates and tax planning uh, generally. So that is quite a big firm to have to manage over the last four or five weeks, I would say. Uh, Yes, it's been uh, uh, an interesting time, that's for sure. So what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned when it came, when it became clear that this was a pandemic that would seriously affect both your business and your clients' businesses? Well, we uh, certainly learned about our uh, technology and our outreach for technology. We had to uh, uh, quickly upgrade in terms of ensuring that not only the lawyers would have access, but that we could operate the firm virtually. And uh, that required some just some testing on our load management in terms of access to our servers. Um, so we uh, we were able to uh, 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 we were able to do that very quickly in terms of uh, reaching out. We had uh, 250 people lo- try to log on at the same time to see if we uh, would uh, our gateways were satisfactory, and then we had to figure out how many more gateways we had to add for um, uh, purposes of uh, uh, redundance in terms of the accessing of that. And that just went perfectly fine in terms of uh, what we had to do. So technology was one. And in addition to what I was just saying, we also had to ensure that a lot of our functions could work remotely uh, down to accounting and wire transfers and uh, getting checks out and in and making sure that people can do that from home. So around the same time as it was impacting in the States, it impacted here and uh, that was all done and we were basically out of the office by March the 18th uh, and working remotely. So you are 100% remote at the moment? We keep a skeleton staff. We have an IT person uh, at the office, we have the mail room open. Uh, we have uh, one of the one or two of the accounting people there. Um, there, we are deemed uh, essential um, under the Ontario's legislation, which allows us to stay open. But um, we have not stayed open. We have basically have all but ten or fifteen people uh, working offsite. 
what is your court situation like? Are your courts open? Are they working remotely? Our courts uh, were closed. Uh, filings in the courts uh, are open. We can still uh, file documents. The courts after the first week open for urgent uh, matters. And there's now sort of a court which looks at matters to see whether or not they are urgent or not and then moves them on. But the courts are quickly moving to more and more uh, online uh, Zoom type meetings uh, for hearings. Um, arbitrations and mediations are still proceeding, uh, some by Zoom, and at least one of the uh, arbitration place, uh, places there, there's still physical uh, distancing involved, but you can book an arbitrator uh, and actually go in and have your arbitration. Wow. <laughs> That's really interesting. <laughs> um, what are some of the things you wish you had known at the outset of this? Um, well, there are still things I wish I had known. <laughs> I wish I knew. Um, uh, you know, obviously all of the firms have done a lot of financial modeling to see uh, where it is that we will be. It's very, very difficult to model the revenue side of things. Uh, we work very hard in terms of doing it. It's hard to do it just by bringing a, um, uh, you know, asking our partners where they think they're going to be in one month, two months, or three months of doing this, how far out to model it. Uh, these are all difficult things uh, to do. I wish I had, um, and the first week or two I was looking for, you know, what is the arc that happened during the Great Depression? Uh, is there anything that I could learn from to determine this? I have been through uh, three or four different types of recessions. We had uh, a real estate recession in 1980. We had another real estate recession in 1990. We had the dot-com uh, uh, bubble burst in 2000. We had the financial uh, crisis in 2008. So I've been through them all, but they were all, you know, generally single sector sectors of the economy and not impactful the way this one is and is going to be. So, you know, I wish that I knew more. Um, I wish I was able to, to be able to, to uh, uh, model it better in terms of the revenue side. It's actually not so difficult to model on the uh, expense side in terms of doing that, uh, you know, with a great accounting team to figure out what our expenses are, where we can pair back, what's truly a variable expense as opposed to a fixed, uh, fixed expense. And to work those out is not all that difficult. It takes a lot of work uh, and a lot of communication on it, but it's not that difficult to do. Yeah, yeah. No, I, th I think that there's a lot of truth in that. Um, what does phase 2.0 look like for you and your colleagues? <laughs> so we are now at the stage where we are um, uh, trying to work in a bifurcated way. We're planning what our return to work is going to look like. Yeah. We don't know when that will be. We don't really expect it uh, for a couple of months. Uh, plus we're planning what happens if this is longer and deeper uh, 
and more impactful than uh, just a couple of months. So phase, we, we have done rollbacks of salaries uh, across the board, unfortunately. Um, we have done a small amount of layoffs. Um, phase two on the dark side um, is more difficult because it's, um, it relates to uh, lots of difficult decisions uh, that we would have to make for productivity reasons. All of our layoffs have been temporary in nature so far, um, but if there's a longer and deeper and darker uh, view of this, it's going to be harder because uh, there are people who uh, we, we don't want to let go. I read an interesting study the other day that said that um, if you cut too deep and too quickly, um, your post-pandemic uh, uh, adherence to, or, or your post-pandemic, um, uh, you're more likely to have a post-pandemic uh, uh, voluntary uh, leaving from your firm um, than if you do something uh, more gently. It basically said that for every person who you've laid off, um, you know, you probably have a 20 or 30% chance that you're going to have voluntary withdrawals from the firm uh, afterwards. Because I think that the glue that is holding the, the firm uh, together and supportive with each other is sort of uh, impacting those who, uh, who remain uh, regardless. So that's a, it's an interesting sort of uh, viewpoint to take and we haven't taken the deep hard and once uh, uh, view of what we should be doing. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. I've read a few different articles myself on the, the, the deep cut philosophy and sort of the, you know, maybe cut twice at most thought process. Um, and I wonder, you know, I think there is this sense of we're all in this together which does keep people working differently during this whole process. And so, um, you know, thinking about that, I, I'm wondering if, does that sort of help people work differently for the firm? Um, you know, not, I guess, you know, there is that degree of uncertainty of, of where we're all gonna be in a year and, and what the impact of that's gonna be on the firm. Um, but, um, you know, is there that sense within the firm of, because this is sort of a global situation and it's, it's not really anyone's fault, quote unquote, I mean, you know, different people have different thoughts on that, but um, because it is a virus, um, you know, but this idea that um, people do pull together to work together in this unique situation, even though we are all working distantly or remotely, um, are you seeing that within the firm? For sure. I'm seeing from the understanding that the staff, the lawyers, you know, the management from, you know, top to bottom have been very supportive of what we have done uh, in terms of how we have measured our rollbacks in terms of salaries, but as importantly, how transparent that we have been with them in terms of explaining our rationale for doing what we have done, and we haven't kept it a secret 
uh, in any way. You know, my message to each of those groups has been different uh, slightly, but it has been um, uh, pervasive in terms of that I'm meeting with these groups regularly and um, explain it to them. And, I, and that, that's really appreciated. And I'm getting uh, uh, pats on the back from people for having been that way. They, uh, it's sort of something that they know that we're all experienced together, that we don't know where we're going to, uh, where this is going to lead. But we do have the sense that this is going to um, improve. I think over the last week or so, um, you know, the timetables for improvement are probably going to be good. What we've learned is that as a firm, we're agile. We don't really have to go back to the office um, to do too much. But it's it's our clients. It's when uh, will our clients be uh, optimistic? When will they be converting from worrying about their own cash flow over the next weeks and months and when will they be when will they be turning back to a longer term view of the world and their files um, i think that the attitude of optimism uh, as is going to be what be what plays out here um, because fundamentally there wasn't anything wrong with our economy to begin with um, uh, so as infection rates lower, as they're managed, um, that optimism hopefully will return and transactions will return to where uh, they were prior to the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, you, I know you've been managing partner of the firm for a few years. So have you found that your communication style with the members of your firm has changed at all throughout this process or has it, has the level of communication increased with the, the members of the firm that you're working with or um, what's been your experience there? Um, I don't, uh, I believe that I'm, I've communicated with people more during the pandemic for sure and more group meetings and more Zoom meetings. Um, we are um, uh, very, um, supportive of lots of meetings amongst groups so every every practice group has a meeting we've had uh, zoom socials from time to time we wanted to ensure that our staff are included in a meeting with their uh, uh, with their practice group as well um, and uh, as I said I've had a lot of explaining to do uh generally because i'm impacting people and their lives and their ability to pay their mortgages and put food on the table and um uh, i wanted to do that in a measured way and a reasonable way that showed them how we were thinking of them separately from uh, other groups like our staff is being treated differently in these rollbacks than our associates and our associates are being treated differently than our partners and our partners are bearing the brunt uh the biggest brunt of uh, of our rollbacks for the time being. yeah yeah um how do you think that that some of those actions that you and the the other members of the firm's leadership have taken have have reinforced the firm's brand or culture at this time if at all um have you really considered the impact of that yet well we um 
we have considered it. Uh, I can't tell you what the results are, but we're a relationship-driven firm, being solidly in the mid-market in our in, in the Ontario market. Um, so we have strong relationships with entrepreneurs, uh, as well as with our institutional clients. Um, our ability and our desire to reach out to them on non-legal matters and just find out how they're doing and what they're doing. Um, I, I think we've had more time to do that over the last few weeks. And our partners are responding to that message that that's a really excellent thing to do. Um, don't ask them about the file and the next file, just ask them about them personally, how it's impacting their family how it's impacting their business, how they're, what they're doing in terms of the decision-making with respect to their business. And um, there's been lots of heartfelt conversation going on between partners and their clients um, that will only strengthen these bonds uh, for when business comes back. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I've written a lot about that recently. And, and the goal, I think, during this time is really how can firms and lawyers add value to their clients. And that really is a way that you're adding value for them is just being there. Exactly. I mean, the, the employment and labor group, uh, we have a whole set of new uh, uh, employment. Uh, I don't we used to call it unemployment insurance and now it's called employment insurance in Canada. Um, but we have a whole new uh, slate of programs that are available for employees, for small businesses, um, and some for larger businesses as well. And, um, uh, you know, we found out first that we were sending out way too many COVID-19 updates. And, um, you know, we found from clients, don't send me so much. And so we're sending digest now and regular updates uh, for those who want. But we have, uh, you know, in various practice groups, um, people who are just there answering calls and not so much docketing, but just providing that advice. Um, you know, they are quickies, as some, some of my partners call them. And... Um, and the idea isn't to uh, necessarily bill the clients for a five-minute call that, that assist them in completing a form or, or dealing with an employee. Uh, we're tending to losing the point ones of this world on our docket sheets um, just to just be providing some advice for them and helping them through this. That's great. That's really great. So sort of along those same lines, you know, how does a firm or a lawyer try to build business during, I mean, either a pandemic, obviously, you know, we haven't experienced something like this in our lifetimes, but, you know, you've talked about being in recessions before, and this is also a unique situation, but how, how does a firm build business during a time like this? Uh, good question. Um, I'm not sure. Other than more of the same, I think a lot more social media, uh, you know, paying attention to the social media if they haven't really worked a lot on social media or work their connections to make sure that they're providing information out there. It's pretty easy to, uh, you know, we have uh, a whole slate, as I said, of COVID-19 related articles 
whereas we don't want to send it out by email to people uh, having our individual lawyers post it on social media and share it on social media. It's a pretty easy way to have one person's uh, newsletter reach, you know, 10, 20 or 30,000 people mm -hmm. um, uh, by being posted that way. So we're encouraging those who haven't been active uh, or as active uh, as they could be on social media pre-pandemic to sort of get an understanding of how um, post-pandemic it, it, it works or how during the pandemic it works. Uh, and I, got, I did get an email over the weekend from a partner who got an, a notice from LinkedIn saying, you know, your post, which was just resharing uh, uh, an article from our tax group, but it says your post has been trending in, uh, in uh, hashtag tax law. And he thought, that's fantastic that, uh, that this is happening. And uh, it's somebody who really hasn't posted before at all. So that's sort of the message that we're doing uh, to, you know, to promote ourselves, I guess, or look for new business during that. But again, it's not really targeted new business. It's sort of more general. Yeah, yeah. But still, that's great advice, you know, get people involved in social media and continue to find ways to add value because at some point the market will pick up, pick back up and, you know, that's, that's who will be there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. yeah. So I'm also, what, ask, I'm also asking our people to sort of think about how their practice will change uh, post-pandemic. Mm. What's going to go away? Where do they, what resources we need or where we think the changes will take us over the short to midterm? Um, so there are a couple of practice areas where um, we hope that some of our existing lawyers will pivot, that we hope that we will recruit uh, to assist us because we think there are opportunities that are going to uh, uh, present themselves that are in certain practice areas that are bigger than what we had pre-pandemic. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. I think that's something we looked at to some smaller extent in 2008, 2009, and now obviously we'll have to look at much more seriously. So that's a really important point. So what is, and I think I know the answer to this, but what is uh, one thing that's keeping you up at night? <laughs> uh, again, uh, I'm not overly concerned about our getting back to work if uh, it is within the next uh, two or so months, that if our distancing is away, but it worries me to the extent that this is going to be ongoing and take us past uh, 2020. Our financial modeling went all the way out to the end of 2020. It didn't go farther than that. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I'm hoping that that is the worst case scenario. Um, how to model it back up uh, for that, you know, if we find by uh, that we're going to be heading into Q3 um, with, uh, you know, significant drops in business because, as I said, the optimism isn't there to, uh, to, to reboot 
um, then uh, that's impactful in ways that I don't really want to think about and I worry about uh, that I worry about it. Yeah, yeah, I would totally agree with that. That's been my worry too, <laughs> for sure. Well, okay, to take a departure, um, what's, well, before we get to that departure, let's say, what's one piece of advice you would give law firm leaders or law firm lawyers and um, other professionals um, before we wrap up for getting through this in, uh, in one piece and saying? Uh, empathy, uh, transparency, communications, uh, they're all the piece you realize how close-knit you are, how much you care for all of the people at the firm, uh, from the staff on down, how they're realistic um, that, as well, and understanding of difficult decisions that you have to make. But to just commit, continue that communication, spend the time, uh, to really understand what their issues are, what their problems are, how they're faring, just ask how they are and how they're doing. And you get a much broader and better sense of uh, the nature of the culture. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So now, what is one thing not at all related to this very heavy topic uh, that you're enjoying during this time of pandemic? Well, I, I, I'm enjoying getting back to more guitar playing, which I'm trying to do. Nice. So I'm doing that. Um, uh, the one thing um, th that I find, for me, it's a challenge that I haven't had. So it's another summit for me to challenge myself in terms of my leadership ability in terms of my exercising my leadership skills and ensuring that I'm there for it. So in that sense, it's a great challenge that gives satisfaction in being able to do it well. Um, and um, although the first few weeks, and I guess it really hasn't slowed down, uh, have been uh, lots and lots of hours and lots and lots of work, um, uh, it has its own rewards in some ways that um, uh, I'm doing obviously the best that I can do. And, um, uh, and I think that I'm having an impact that hopefully will make us as strong or stronger or firm over the long haul. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. That's really wonderful to hear. Well, Michael, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. This has been a really wonderful conversation. And for everybody else listening out there, thank you so much for joining us for this week's Law Firm Intelligence Podcast. We'll be back next week with another guest. And in the meantime, we invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And we will see you again soon. Thanks so much.